Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Deborah Gao, and we are talking about her new novel, Synchronicities on the Avenue of the Saints. Deborah Gao is an award-winning author of Dream Stitcher and returns now with Synchronicity on the Avenue of the Saints, a novel that delves into the subjects of love and acceptance and the importance of connection. Deborah enjoys crafting novels that bring darkness into light, touch on societal issues, and make our personal trials seem relevant and manageable through the allegory of relatable characters. Magic realism adds an intriguing element to the story for her, and she hopes for her readers as well. For more information, you can visit Deborah's website, which is deboragal.com, and that's D-E-B-O-R-A-H-G-A-A-L.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Deborah to the show. Good day. Hi, how are you, Robert? Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm doing well, thank you. I'm happy to have you with me and, thank and you. talk. I mean, uh, you know, I, I love a good novel <laughs> with Oh good. Well kind, I hope you'll enjoy this of... one. That's you know, more than anything else, the point of reading a novel is to enjoy yourself and be transported. So even though I like to um, you know, talk about the the weightiness of certain issues, it's really meant to be fun mm-hmm. as well. So I hope you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's first of all I guess maybe can you tell us a bit about what Synchronicities on the Avenue of the Saints is about. What, what's the kind of the, the byline, the storyline? Yeah, well, the storyline is that there is a um, 24-year-old physicist who's on the brink of a discovery who's been on a drug for most of his life to control his bipolar disorder. At the time the novel takes place, which is... Um, Gosh, in the 2002, when the action begins, uh, there was there was a belief that bipolar was a disease that only affected adults. But in this case, his mom, who runs a pharmaceutical company, uh, discovers that he has bipolar. She has a drug developed for him specifically because she can do that. She runs a pharma company, and at the time the action takes place. Uh, it is brought to light that something is drastically wrong with the drug, which has huge um, disastrous effects for him. And there is someone trying to buy mom's company and profit off the drug. So our protagonist is trying to stop the eventual sale of this drug. Um, He joins forces with a shaman who leads him on the path as well as a ghost from 1918 at the time of the pogroms in Russia um, who is trying to get our protagonist to right a wrong based on a family crime that was committed at that time. So these stories connect, and um, that's what the novel's about. It's about mental illness. It is about physics. Um, It's 
about healing the earth by joining um, indigenous beliefs to modernity as a way to heal the earth. Yeah, yeah, that's important. It it, it does seem that the bridge between the two is going to be the way to go uh, forward. Um, So so now... um, Regarding the, first of all, I found, found it interesting, you know, the pharma aspect, you know, the... Um, the yeah, it seems to be kind of, of front and center right now. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Although you know, in no way it? do I want to give anybody the idea that uh, they shouldn't take a COVID <laughs> vaccine. That is not what this book is about. Um, it, you know, there there are some bad actors within that industry in my fictional novel, but please, the, the last thing I would want is for anybody to take the idea that, oh, my gosh, uh, she's saying pharma is bad. We We desperately need good medicine, don't we? Absolutely, and and the key is good medicine, and, and you, you know you're right with that, and and there you know can be certainly can be abuses, um, in anyone, but 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 you know in addition to the the idea of the pharma being kind of right out there, and um, you also had that even though it was a different circumstance, you had that 1918 part um, connection right. in there, which happens to be when you know, the last pandemic kind of um, isn't that strange? Um, yes, when I wrote when I wrote this novel, of course, you know, it takes a really long time to write the novel, and I actually mm-hmm. um, started the the novel 15 years ago. Um, I had to wow. let it sit for a really long time, but isn't that crazy that 1918 wound up in there? And, um, you know, that's kind of example of some of the synchronicities that line up when you're writing and all of a sudden you've got stuff in there that you think, oh, my gosh, that's relevant today. How did that happen? This was 15 years <laughs> ago when I wrote this stuff. Um, but there's there's exactly. a lot of relevancy in, in the novel that, you know, is kind of front and center right now. Yeah, yeah, I find that interesting. So um, now what inspired you to write the, the novel? Yeah, so, um, gosh, about, I want to say it's it's been about 20 years ago now. Um, I was dealing with uh, a family member who had bipolar disorder, and we were at wit's end because no matter uh, what we tried to do, um, it was just uncontrollable, and I thought my family member would kind of... Um, go to a state of crazy from which he'd never return or uh, commit suicide or be homeless or any, you know, any of the things that happens when mental illness is out of control. So I was, uh, I was really at my wit's end, and I read a very short article in an alternative medicine um, book about bipolar disorder, and the article was about an African shaman who took an 18-year-old bipolar patient from the States to live with his tribe in Africa. And because in indigenous culture, anyone with a mental illness is considered a shaman in the making, this young man was revered rather than reviled. And the society there saw him in a different way. He changed his attitude about himself he got well enough to come back to the states he went he went to harvard where he finished a medical degree and so all of this was documented in this story about the shaman whose name is dr maladoma somay he's a shaman from burkina faso in 
uh, Central West Africa. So um, in any event, I was very inspired by that story, found it very hopeful. And I read all of the books that Dr. Somay um, had published, um, and there's, they're marvelous. One, my favorite, is called Of Water and the Spirit. And all of the, the books that I read to do this novel are actually in a bibliography in the back of the book, so you know, you'd have access to that. Great. But uh, <laughs> in any event, um, I, I read his books, um, and I was really just so interested in African indigenous beliefs. And then I found, by coincidence, that he would be about three hours from me uh, doing uh, a weekend um, teaching session. And so I signed up for it and went. And that led to me having a divination with him. That led to him um, saying I could join him for a week's worth of learnings in an Uh, the forest in Oregon with a bunch of his shamans in the making. And so I spent a week there learning about African indigenous beliefs and learning about ceremony and um, having more divination. And he told me I would write this book. And the only problem I had at the time was that uh, this was 20 years ago. I didn't know how to write. So (laughs) I had to learn a lot in order to fulfill my obligation. But uh, so that, that was, the beginning of this and and what inspired me to write the book now yeah i have to laugh about you're talking about the i had one of those you're going to write a book (laughs) moments too and it was it was in 1994 someone told me that and the first one came out in 2012 (laughs) isn't that so that's similar so it takes like a really long time until you can learn the skills you need to and let your ideas sit and ferment and be able to bring them to light it's really daunting when someone tells you you're going to write a book because you go you know (laughs) really Uh i don't want to do that you go kicking and screaming about what but uh, Uh But I'm glad that you got the test done. And for me, it just set me on a whole new path of life. Um, I found that I absolutely adored um, spending time writing. And it was just, it it remains the most thrilling thing I've ever done. So I'm I'm really grateful that he gave me that task. I think I think I found out subsequently that he gives everyone the same task. So (laughs) (laughs) it was it wasn't that I was special. I just happened to uh, follow through on it. Well, I guess everyone has a story, and everyone's story is special. So I guess, you know, that, that he was, I'm sure, telling the truth each and every time. So, Well, it's true. Everybody does have a story, yeah. and everybody has a voice. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just marvelous. The, the more we can document about each other's lives and each other's imagination, it only helps um, – the whole world to to learn and to come together. It's important. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So one of the most um, important tasks of an author is to title their book. <laughs> and so would you would yeah. you mind sharing the story behind uh, the yeah, title? Yeah, it's a crazy title. Mm-hmm. Um, and one which my editor kept saying, you got to get rid of that title. <laughs> but I, I <laughs> fell in love with the title, and it stuck to the book, and there you go. And and the funny thing is I, I now have people say, oh, my God, that's such a brilliant title, uh, even though everybody, everybody tried uh, to make me get rid of it. But um, – so the book, uh, one of the themes in the book is synchronicities, 
which is actually uh, an area of physics. Um, when I've always been fascinated by synchronicities, which are um, kind of things that seemingly have nothing to do with each other, and yet they line up and they have meaning for you. Um, that's that's a synchronicity. And there is an area of physics that actually studies and tracks these synchronicities. So, for instance, uh, we, we mentioned one. You said, wow, that's really interesting that you have 1918 in your book, and 1918 was the year of the pandemic. That might be considered a synchronicity because there's meaning to put on two things that don't seem to line up. So, I'm fascinated by that area of study. I read many, many books on synchronicities. Again, you'll find those in the bibliography uh, of the book. And my protagonist uh, is tracks synchronicities. He has a synchronicity journal, and he marks all the things that happen to him on a daily basis that seem to be odd but but go together. And so synchronicities was a natural. The Avenue of the Saints, so this is kind of a, you know, again, this is a crazy synchronicity. I grew up in St. Louis. Uh, Part of the novel takes place in St. Louis. Growing up in St. Louis, I had never, ever heard of a cobbled-together highway called the Avenue of the Saints. It goes from St. Louis to St. Paul. And so it's called the Avenue of the Saints, but it goes through all kinds of back roads. And it's, you know, people people have kind of lost um, sight of it. It's hard to find. On, I mean, it's on maps, but it's hard to find. At any rate, I was taking pages to a writing group. I've been in writing groups for a very long time, and they've helped me tremendously as a, as a novelist. And I took some pages to my writing class, and the pages I took was the be you know first stages of my protagonist getting on the road to drive from St. Louis to Minneapolis. He had to get there. It's part of the plot. One of my fellow writers was from Iowa, where the Avenue of the Saints winds through. And he said to me, he said, have you ever heard of the Avenue of the Saints? And I said, no, what's that? He said, well, it's this little, you know, it's this cobbled together highway. It goes from St. Louis to St. Paul. Maybe you want to think about that. Well, for me, that just opened up the whole story. I just loved um, both the synchronicity of it and the meaning of the Avenue of the Saints seemed to make sense in terms of my protagonist's journey. So that's a very long-winded story, but that is how um, I got to the title, Synchronicities on the Avenue of the Saints. And one thing I can tell you, Robert, you will not find another book with the same title. <laughs> I know, isn't that great? I mean, you know, coming up with something so unique that when you do the search, that you're the only one that comes up. I mean, that's the it's the only know, one that comes key. up. My I, the yeah. the uh, artist that did the cover design for the book, though, I think she wanted to kill me because she said, "Do you understand how much space it takes up?" to have synchronicities on the Avenue of the Saints, but she did a fantastic job dealing with it, and I love the cover, so we're we're good. Yeah, yes, she did, and it, it is it is a great. I mean, I mean, it really kind of draws your attention, you know, you you know, immediately with with the synchronicities in the in the Saints aspect. Um, so now, yes. um, 
Yeah. So with just out of curiosity, for with synchronicity, um, do do you feel that um, you, know, you mentioned something about a synchronicity journal? Uh, I guess you know, I mean for the for the character, is that something that you actually do? And do you feel I that do. I do? Uh, I I am okay. a person that takes note of synchronicities. You know. Um, when you're writing a book, I mean, the, these are characters. They really have nothing to do with me, and yet every single character is me, and that's what happens when mm-hmm. you write. Uh, as a writer, every single character is just aspects of your life. Uh, you draw on what you know, and it, it winds up in some way to be in the book. So um, I love uh, synchronicities. I live in a world of everyday magic. I think there's so much about the world um, that we don't understand, and it's just fascinating. So little things like um, a bird stopping in front of me on a tree branch and, you know, we each catch each each other's eye feels like a synchronicity to me. Um, Yeah, I, I I look for things that happen in my day, and I try to make sense of it. And I find um, that it makes my life richer because it gives little everyday things meaning that seem mystical and help lead me toward the path I'm supposed to be on. Um, I hope that makes sense. Uh, but that, oh, it does. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's, how, it's how I live my life, and I find it to be very yeah. calming and reassuring and just um, delicious in a way, that there are forces much larger than ourselves that guide us on the way and give us hints uh, that they're guiding us. And so I look for all those messages. Yeah, I I am very much, you know, conscious and and aware when when they happen. And and, um, one of the things that I do when it it happens is is that um, I just stop and I – kind of look at and then say thank you you know for right. showing that to me and and uh you know and, and just kind of uh, feel gratitude really for that because it's to me uh, like you say it's just one of those to me it's like a wink from the universe that you are you know this hello you're a part of this whole big picture here and and uh you know um we're just letting you know you know that that, that you're yeah. a part of the picture yeah, I think Robert, I like that. I like the the wink from the universe. That's that's really what it is. Um it's and it's a for that second, it's a mutual connection between you and the universe where you say, "Okay, message received. Thank you." And it really is just the most amazing feeling. I just I love it. Um and I find that there's certain times when you're when you're on the path when when things are really clicking for you, there's synchronicities everywhere. You just have to slow down and and look at them. So, you know, people I've had people ask me, well, how do you know? How do you do it? Do they just happen to you? I said, no, no, no. They happen for everybody, and they're happening all the time. But you do need to slow down. And when you think you notice something that lines up for you, then it's really important to make a note of it. Just like my protagonist Noah makes a note of it in the novel, you make a note of it, and if you keep doing that every day, you'll you'll find just you know an abundance of things that line up, an abundance of little tiny winks from the universe. 
Yeah, exactly. And it, it certainly makes life a lot more fun, you know, when when that happens. Um, Absolutely. So, so well, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best magic there is. I mean, the world is yeah. filled with everyday magic. Yeah, I I agree. So now, uh, when it comes to the the shaman in the story, um, can you tell us? And you mentioned a little bit about um, Maladoma, Doctor Maladoma. Yeah, Maladoma Seme. Uh huh. Yeah, can you can you tell us a little bit about um, your experience with the, with the doctor, and maybe what were some of the the main one of the main yeah, things so, that you walked um, away from him. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so of course, you know, um, the protect, the uh, shaman in the story, whose name is Jean-Paul, um, he's an amalgam of a bunch of different shamans, but um, very much based on my time with Dr. Maladoma Somme, who's an amazing uh, thinker. Um, I would encourage uh, your listeners to to read his books. Uh, you can start with Of Water and the Spirit by Dr. Maladoma Seme. Um, he's a fascinating man. He <clears throat> he was given a job before he was born by his tribe to spread the teachings of the Daggerer tribe to the rest of the world. And I think his name, Maladoma, means no, no stranger. So um, he took that job very seriously, and um, he got a doctorate from... Uh, Brandeis and another one from the Sorbonne. He's a highly educated, brilliant man um, who spends his time going back and forth from Africa to the States and other parts of the world, teaching about um, the indigenous beliefs of his tribe. And he firmly believes that the earth cannot heal unless... um, modernity or the world of concrete and steel embraces the indigenous beliefs um, that we have lost along the way. And to me, that makes so much sense. You know, there's a lot of healing and wisdom that comes from indigenous beliefs. And we have forgotten those things. We have surrounded ourselves by concrete and steel and wires and things that block our thinking. And so spending a week with him just was a way to immerse myself in beliefs and let them come through, uh, beliefs that we all know deep in our soul, but we have we have forgotten, and they've gone by the wayside. Um, and this is a really good year to take stock of those things, you know, while the world has been in such upheaval and continues to be in upheaval. You know, maybe if he's right and we can accept the indigenous beliefs that we all know to be true, that we can do a lot to heal the earth. So um, yeah. that was um, the the beliefs that kind of attracted me to him. And um, when I spent a week in the Oregon forest with these other shamans in the making, we did a lot of um, African ritual Um and there was a you know digging fire pits and and just drumming um a lot of a lot of that that was very soulful um there was one episode that 
that uh, I probably am not fond of remembering, and that was the slaying of a goat. But I want you to know that I just witnessed the slaying oh. of the goat. I had nothing to do with that part of it, but um, <laughs> but right, uh, there were experiences that were very different, but were very meaningful to me. And so I tried to incorporate a lot of those teachings into the book um, in a way that would just be action. You know, there's nothing, yeah. or at least I hope there's absolutely nothing pedantic in the book, but my protagonist certainly goes through some um, ritual on his way to complete the tasks that he has to complete to please the ghost. And so there's a lot of um, African indigenous ceremony in in the the book. So I hope I answered uh, that question. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You did. And I, I'm with you with that slain of the goat. <laughs> I have to throw one somewhere. <laughs> Poor goat. Oh, that was awful. But, uh, the, you know, uh, there was yeah. there was a very, um, for right. him, uh, it was right. very meaningful. So I, you know, I, I don't yes. have to understand yes. or relate to everything that was within his culture. It's okay. <laughs> no, I understand. I agree. I agree. You know, and, and there is um, – when it comes to ritual, there is there's a lot that goes along with it. I mean, it carries with it all of um, um, kind of all of the, uh, the weight. Well, of, of yeah, each there's sacrifice. Has, there's sacrifice yeah, throughout yeah. Um, many mm-hmm. many um, cultures, and um, you know, I mean, certainly, you know, in the Old Testament, every, you know, there was a sacrifice every other chapter you know um uh sacrifices on altar so so that's that that was really kind of how i i held that particular uh part of the ceremony but that was only that was only one day there was a lot uh, a lot of drumming and and it was it was very soulful that's good. That's good. Well, we're um, about halfway through the show, so I want to take just a quick break. Um, and I do want to invite listeners, if you want to call in and ask any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to pose them. Um, and then when we come back from the break, um, I want to talk a little bit um, more about the bipolar component of the book yeah thank you for for mentioning that because it is um i mean i think it's very relevant for what's going on right now so i look forward to talking okay so great we'll take a real quick break everyone stay tuned we'll be right back thank you hello this is robert sharp i want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. 
Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Deborah Gall, Gall, and we are talking about her new novel, Synchronicities on the Avenue of the Saints. Again, you can find out more by visiting her website, which is www.deborahgall.com, and that's D-E-B-O-R-A-H-G-A-A-L.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Deborah. Great. So, um, bipolar. Okay, can you tell us about you know why? I mean, why you wanted to highlight that particular condition in the in the book? Yeah. So, you know, I think again, um, as as I mentioned to you, the roots of uh, writing the book were around um, my own personal experience of mm-hmm. having a family member with bipolar and the um, the incredible grief that that causes um, for families and for society, any any mental illness. I mean, you know, um, the book focuses on bipolar disorder, but it's it's any it's any mental illness. Um, so it made sense that I would write uh, about that as I was, you know, coming up with the plot of my book. Um, as I... Uh, I mentioned to you that I started writing this book a long time ago and I let it sit for a long time because sometimes you have to do that with drafts of a manuscript mm-hmm. when something doesn't seem uh, to make sense. So you're not quite yeah. clear uh, what you're necessarily writing about. But as I let it sit, I noticed that um, in many respects, the the world that we live in or the society that we live in seems very bipolar. Um, one day things are fine, one day mm. things are not fine. The stock market is up, the stock market is down. Um, we're we're losing the election, we're winning the election, we lost the election. <laughs> no, that's not true. I mean, there's this constant upheaval of all um, all kinds of things going on in the world. And so I started to... Uh, think, or at least it makes sense to me, that society as a whole uh, is really bipolar. And we we have a hard time um, finding um, peace and calm. We're either, you know, we're, we're so mm-hmm. inundated with constant stimuli that it's hard for us to take stock and step back and just um, kind of relax without being incredibly happy or incredibly sad or just, you know, just to be seems very difficult. And so I wanted to, um, I wanted to explore that in the writing and um, hopefully, you know, make people at least take stock of of where they were. I'm very, very worried um, right now that I think the next big crisis um, that we're going to go through is mental illness. Um, you know, the, uh, to, to me, it's yeah. going to be explosive, like, you know, 
a pandemic of its own. Um, it's been such a volatile year, and now, you know, people um, are just on the brink of every stress they can possibly manage. And um, and we we haven't put in place the right mechanisms to deal with uh, mental illness. So I'm just afraid that that stress will push more people over the edge and there will be more people that will be forced into homelessness. And so between stress and homelessness, all of that leads to an epidemic um, proportion of mental illness. And I don't want to sound doom and gloom. It's just something that really... (laughs) Um, well, you know, worries me, yeah. and I and I think about it. So, um, you know, I I just hope that we can all take stock of that and recognize that we need to embrace people that are on the edge instead of push them away. Oh, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. And you're right. You know, I, I I understand. You know, not you know wanting the a doom and gloom kind of um, view. Yet, you know, when you kind of see what is happening and just recognize just the human nature of things, that that you right. know um, increase in in the, the depression as well as all other kinds of um, mental illness or challenge um, is, is going to be on the rise, and and, um, and it's just yes. I, I think you know it's important to to be aware of and, and be proactive to try, like you say, embrace. Uh, rather than push people away, embrace people. You know, um, right. You we we have to get better <laughs> as a society mm-hmm. to deal with mental illness. Um, yeah. There's, you know, there's also an issue that is touched on in in the book. Bi- bipolar disorder is is a disease that um, is um, more easily controlled with medication. Medication is a help. It's not the only answer, but it is, you know, critical. Mm-hmm. And um, many people with um, bipolar disorder don't want to be on drugs. Um, that's yeah. a kind of a common theme uh, for someone who who has it. And so, I, I touch on that because it is um, it's it's a critical issue, and um, it's just something that you know if you are if you are suffering from bipolar or think you might be there, there are answers out there. Um, yeah. And it's a combination of both medication and and you know and therapy and, and being embraced by other people rather yeah. than being told that there's something wrong with you. Yeah, so. yeah, very much so. And, you know, and, and you know, I, I understand you know the chemistry behind um, some of the drugs and helping you know the the brain you know the balance you know within the brain and, and you know the, I can understand that aspect but I can also understand people not wanting to you know be impaired in a way or absolutely or, you know, it's so, so it's so know. common mm-hmm. it's more common than not mm-hmm. um, you know there's yeah. a, there's a feeling of either dullness or or that you've been changed in some way and uh, or a feeling that your creativity is is blocked. Um, because yeah. of drugs, so you know it's a it's a real delicate balance in in managing yeah. uh, the disease. Now this is a little bit a little kind of off track in a way, but uh, you know you you mentioned the idea of of um, our current environment, our world that we're living on in many ways looks bipolar. I mean, and acts you know in, in right. bipolar fashion. Um, with what you know about 
bipolar disorder, um, and, you know, on an individual level, you can, you know, take some medication, you can have a therapy, your, your combination thereof. Um, what, what do you feel um, for people on that global scale? I mean, on our yeah. higher level bipolar aspect, what can we do to yeah, so one of the themes one of the themes in the book um is to slow down to go fast. Um, the shaman says it and the protagonist says it. There's there's a, a feeling of, you know, if you slow down you can go fast. What does that really mean? It means that we can make more progress by um not trying to rush through you know, all the things that are put in front of us. Take stock, step back, um, note the synchronicities that are happening in your in your day. Um, journal, go slow, and you will make progress and you will calm down. And I think it it can do us, you know, all good to get us to step back from that, you know, stage of feeling crazy. Um, yeah. So, you know, things like um, stepping back from social media. Uh, you know, there's good aspects to social media. There's no question about it. We, right. did, uh, we right. did get friendships and a lot of information. All of that's great. But we, you know, everything in balance. We have to get into balance. And right now, I believe we're, you know, we're we're out of balance. Um, there's too much um, stimuli, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Too yeah. much Facebook and Twitter and and all all of these various messages. We we just have to carve out time to do nothing but sit there quietly and think and meditate and do the things that we know are healthy for us to do, but um, but we don't because those things are not necessarily as exciting as as uh, getting intoxicated by all the the stimuli. Right. So, noise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of noise. Um there is a theory too that I, you know, I, I think I remember Dr. Somay saying, which which is that in a world of of concrete and steel and wires, it is impossible for um the calmness and stillness of those beliefs to come through. They're kind of things are short circuited. So it mm-hmm. is really dependent on each of us to find a way to calm down, slow down, uh, get control of our own equilibrium, and to find balance so we can help society as a whole to find balance. Um, because it's clear to anybody just from reading the daily news that. Uh, you know we're we're out of control. There's good stuff happening too, but there's yeah. you know there's good stuff, there's bad stuff. We need to be able to just stay on an even keel and get through. Just does this make any sense? Oh, it does. It does. You know, and um, s- s- such a big part of that is um, choosing where you put your attention to. Um, you know, the idea of. Um, you know, not giving attention to uh, things that you know you, you you disagree about, things that you can't do anything about. That I mean, they have really nothing within your realm of control. Versus, you know, right. 
focusing on, you know, maybe connecting with someone, a friend you hadn't connected with or something to that effect. But I mean, it's just a matter of where there's, you can put your attention to anywhere. There's, there's always something that uh, you can find if you're looking for it. Yeah. You know, yeah. It depends on what well, and you for. mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you know, reaching out to a friend. That's really critical right now. So many people, um, you know, everybody's having their own, um, special pandemic, special to themselves, you know, we're all dealing with different right. things. But there are so many people that are isolated. And if you haven't heard from a friend in a long time, it's just a good daily reminder to, you know, kind of think through who are the people that you're in contact with and who are those that you're not, that you might miss. And can you reach out and just say, hey, you know, I'm thinking of you. Hope everything is going Okay. Little things like that can make such a huge difference to society as a whole. And right now that can make the difference between somebody um, getting lost to a deep state of depression or somebody hanging in there uh, for one more day. So there's things we can do on an individual basis that help society as a whole to heal and find our balance. Yeah, I agree. And and when you help someone, you help yourself, you know, as well. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, we we talk about when when we're kind of going through the hardships is is talking about silver silver linings, you know, things that um, kind of are a different perspective of of hardship. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, the the book and, and maybe how, that shows up in the book, or, or just even yeah. For you. Well, um, oh, let's see. I, you know, may, maybe I should touch on um, one of the things that that showed up for me in the book. So, in the writing of the book, um, uh, I, you know, I mentioned to you that there's a there's an, a part of the story. It's an old story that takes place in uh, uh, in 1918. There's a, a ghost who comes forward in time, but we also see her in 1918. Um, back in the shtetl in Russia, and um, that the writing of that whole part of the story came out of my desire to thank the woman who had saved my father. So, my mm. father was the only um, uh, male Jew to survive a pogrom in 1918 in Russia. Um, a pogrom is a systematic slaughtering of of Jews that used to be done, you know, kind of ritualistically uh, at certain times. Uh, In any event, my father was the only male Jew to survive this event, and he survived because my grandmother hid him in the house of a crazy woman. Um, Because Mm. everybody in the village knew she was crazy, my grandmother figured (laughs) that when the Cossacks came to town, they would not go into her house. And she was Mm. right. So my father survived while all of the other male Jews were killed. And then in the dead of night, uh, my grandmother and my father and his uh, three sisters escaped under the hay in a wagon and made their way across the border into Poland. Um, 
this was an old family tale. It's called, you know, we call it the hay wagon story. If anybody's ever known me more than 10 minutes, they have to hear the hay wagon story. And so finally, I had a novel. Aha, I can document the hay wagon story. Um, but I always wondered who the crazy, you know, who was this woman who had saved my father and therefore gave me a chance at life? I always wanted to know who she was. And, of course, I, I never could find out. But I made up this character. In, in the book, the character is Hadassah. And Hadassah is the crazy woman that comes forward in time to avenge uh, the right she did that never got repaid. She comes forward to exact her toll on Noah, the protagonist. Um, so for me, I mean, this is a long, I'm, I'm giving you a really roundabout story as to silver linings. But for me, it was such a silver lining that... I had a chance, even in story form, to thank the crazy woman who saved my father. Um, And the book is dedicated to her. Um, I'll never know her name. I gave her a fake name. And I'll never know what happened to her. And my point of bringing that all to light is the kindnesses we do, whether we're complicit in planning that kindness or not, but the kindnesses we do can come to light in so many ways we don't know. And here it is a hundred years later, and this woman, who I'll never know, had an effect on my life and gave me another gift from beyond the grave, and the gift was story. So for me, that was a huge silver lining, and we can all find them in in our lives. Yeah. Boy, what a tale that is! <laughs> That's you know, it, it's um, it's it's wonderful that that uh, the honoring of of her in in the story, being able to you know even tell yeah, the story, I, um, and, well, and have it fit. Yeah, thank you. Well, I you know I believe in honoring legacy, and uh, apparently that must be a. Um, a real bend for me in my writing. My my first book, uh, The Dream Stitcher, was very much about honoring legacy, and this book as well uh, is a way for me to to honor legacy. Uh, and that's something you know it would be I, it would be lovely if readers had um, a desire as a as a, a result of reading my books to think about what legacies they have in their own lives and figure out the best way that they can honor those legacies and pass them on to the next generation because that's the best we can do is try to not only do good in our lives but pass the good forward by giving other people ideas um, as to, you know, how to stay on the best path. Yeah, you know, and and like you say, so many of the – so much of the effect of our kindness or kind acts, um, we will never know. Um, but that's not the point. <laughs> the point is, is right, that, but uh, isn't that you know, cool just, to yeah. know that there? I mean, every you're right. Every mm-hmm. time you do one, you just perform a kind act and let it go. You never know where it's going to land, and I think that's really cool. Um, and that motivates me to want to do other acts of kindness. Uh, where yeah. might it end up? Might you hear from somebody uh, years later based on one small thing you did? It's a very powerful knowing. And, um, you know, I just 
I love that aspect of writing. I love the idea that maybe somebody might read something that I write and get some benefit from it, and that might be yeah. an act of kindness in a way. So it kind of motivates oh, yeah. me to go back into the into the cave one more time and <laughs> see if I can drag out another story. My God, it's exhausting. Uh, I'm sure there's a story ready, waiting to come. But, you know, um, so much, so, so many of, of our stories that, that we write are, um, are have to wait for life to occur. You know, certain experiences to occur, certain connections to occur before the story can unfold. You know, um, and if it's a major part of the story, you know, you kind of have to live. You know, at least I know when my from my from yeah from my early. You're going to write a book. To when I first came, I mean, you know, it was one of those things where. So much of the content had to be lived prior to writing it. Yes. That's why it, you know, people that write when they're young, it's just amazing. I mean, there's some amazing people that write when they're young, and you think, oh, my God, what's going to happen to them when they're old? Because they're really going to have something to say. You know, there's a certain amount of maturity sometimes that has to happen Uh, in order to have anything to say, at least for me, that's what that's what occurred. I had to sit a long time with stuff. Um, it's not it's not a process that you can do very quickly. But okay. at any rate, I admire those writers who are who are pounding it out in their twenties and thirties. I think, oh my <laughs> God, they're so wise already. It's just going to be amazing to see what happens to them. I know it's something to look forward to for sure. Um, so. Do, do you have any up? Uh, what anything on your burner? Anything kind of going? Um, um, well, you know, I, I do, I do, but I wish I could tell you that it's uh, it's not okay. uh, amorphous that I that I could be uh, you know really um, put a fine uh, or, or or really articulate it at this point. If I'm bumbling, it's because it's hard to articulate. So I wrote you know these two. I wrote the Dream Stitcher. And uh, first, first I actually wrote Synchronicities uh, on the Avenue of the Saints, Let It Sit Forever, and then I wrote this Dream Stitcher, and then they both came out like two years apart. And honestly, it's really tiring. <laughs> so now I'm oh, yeah. very much in the beginning stages of going back into the cave. I'm uh, starting to collect research and topics that I want to delve into, Um I became very fascinated during um, the experience of writing synchronicities. It became fascinated with birds and trees, and so I'm going to weave um, some research of those topics into a new story about, I think at this point, at least I think this is the story, it's a it's a club of women that, that want to uh, figure out ways to do over their lives. And mm. um so it's a it'll be a book about second chances and elements of nature and that's as far as I can articulate it because it is really <laughs> in the early stages. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what comes out. But um I'm not a quick writer well, necessarily. So it might take a while for me to uh get those two out there or get the next book out there but in the meantime uh if you're interested and you like synchronicities on the avenue of the saints you can also take a look at the dream stitcher so uh that's that's the best i can do to offer you a couple of things to read now but the next book is going to have to wait a little bit (laughs) 
<laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I, I, I'm always just curious, as to, you know, because I, I mean, it, it does take a, a lot, out of, particularly if you approach it the way that you do in, in researching and, and going into, you know, a learning a lot about the topic, you know, that, I mean, obviously you brought in personal experiences, you know, that kind of guided synchronicities right. or contributed to synchronicities, you know, um, you know, it's the same thing with, with future books is, you know, is that, uh, you know, right. Well, for me, you know, the, one of the goals of writing is to write, you know, I want to write, you have to write what you know, but you also, right. for me, I have to infuse things that I want to learn. I want to use the whole writing opportunity and the research of it to delve into topics that I'm curious about and that I don't know much about and see how I can infuse that and wed it to the things that I do know. That's that's right. the exciting part of the discovery. In a way, I love the research of a book far more than I do the the writing uh-huh. of it, which is really scary. It's scary once you sit down at the computer um, because in your head it's all perfect. When you start to write right. it, you go, oh, my God, how did I get into this mess? So the the uh-huh. research is awesome because you can't make any mistakes. You're just researching things you love. Yeah, one's, one's, one's you're internalizing, you're taking in, and the other one you're putting out. <laughs> Very that's right, as that's right. It's so much easier to take in than it is to put out. But very <laughs> oh, much. Well, Deborah, I really enjoyed speaking with you today. I really want to thank you for your time and, and talking about your new book. Well, I very much appreciate you having me on. It was a delight, Robert. Thank you for the conversation. You're very welcome. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Deborah Gall, and we've been talking about her new book, Synchronicities on the Avenue of the Saints. Um, again, you can find out more um, about this book as well as her other award-winning book, The Dream Stitcher, by visiting her website, which is www.debragall.com, and that's D-E-B-O-R-A-H-G-A-A-L.com. So, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Byte Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.